0: a lot of the people who start coffee companies they they're like yeah coffee comes from around the world but you know they zoom to the details that they know, that they love as founders right like they're like oh yeah but like it's at this altitude and it's this and this and this and it's like the average person is in coffee or at least my theory was was like me before i had that cup and so like instead of zooming to like some level of detail that isn't going to like get someone else excited let's start with the fact that it comes from around the world
1: All right, folks, welcome back to another in person you're not your Roaz. Today I have the Java slanger, the stat stats man, the best looking guy in Austin with an incredible house, wonderful human. Uh actually I don't even know how what's your last name? How do I pronounce sho- it? Shoemake. Shumake. I always want to say Schwemke for some reason. You Schwanky. get that is that's totally off, right? No, but that's a I've never heard that and yeah. that's, that's a fun one. You see that we're alter bre- ego material. We're breaking news, right? <laughs> yeah. When you drop bar. We gotta
0: build a character around that.
1: I was, we were at, well, on the boat last night uh, talking and um, joking with one of the guys, uh, I guess his wife, when she uh, has um, like her lady day, she turns and, and they've made an alter ego for her because that's not,
0: Very nice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that's not here nor there, folks. We're going to get into uh, Michael's interesting, incredible story. Um, I guess first, how did we meet? Was it Dr. Mike? Was Ruchia I think. For the it, guy's dinner. I
0: think so. It's always tough to to tie back to the first kind of thread in Austin. Like, everybody's so connected. Like, Clark Clark Nolan is kind of, like, the one of the many, like, hubs yes. that, that kind of I meet most of my people through, but probably for Mike, yeah.
1: Yeah, because we do a little guy's dinner out here, and uh, Michael's one of the just most fun humans. You put this guy around a dinner table, and it's just laughs and fun. But I guess, I don't know a ton. I know about where you are now, but let's start back kind of... How did you start Atlas? Or actually... When was your first foray into entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's a great,
0: it's a great question, man. I, uh, I started getting the itch back in 2009. So I was okay. So a little I was while just ago. about to graduate college. It's right when the what did you study? Uh, I started in engineering and then I switched to business. I, I, uh, I was engineering and then economics.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was at IU. Did we yeah. talk about this? Yeah, I yeah. oh, was at Purdue. No. Yeah. How did I not know we're this? Talking, this
0: is one of the dinner. It's oh too my many gosh, drinks over dinner. Too many
1: drinks over dinner. Uh, Boilermaker. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. So you a Drew Brees era or no? Uh, a little not later. Not that A little later. Literally. Like, I kind of. wish. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was when we were good. Yeah, yeah. Um, How interesting. Oh, my gosh. What's off yet? Yeah, man. And I studied economics. The Indiana. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my yeah. God. How did I Like um yeah, I don't know, man. I had to cut some stuff out of my life improve, and get some ginkgo. Okay, so engineering major, you became a statistic like me. So what kind of engineering? Uh I didn't get that far. Okay. I was gonna do
0: IE, which is industrial engineering. What they, that's kinda cool. But in yeah, it's like how you like lay out warehouses for efficiency and, and kind of process design. They call it imaginary engineering in, in the engineering world because it's like the least Yeah uh prestigious kind of thing or I mean, I don't know. The CEO of UPS went to Purdue. He's a he's an IE grad. But not making nothing. Not making nothing, but it uh it was just the most, honestly, the reason I liked that it, it was the most business like of all the
1: yep. engineering disciplines. And then I was a double E major and it was, oh, that's horrific. the worst. That's I the was one big. doing like 17. I, I literally was doing math problems that were four or five pages long. Like, yeah. It was atrocious where the answers are still letters. Like I, I yeah, we got, I've read some more stories from college, for Purdue engineering before I got the hell out of there. And for people that don't know, like there's a joke in kind of for engineers that like an extroverted engineer will look at your shoes. Like, hey, these are the most non-social people, and I'm just this, this extrovert bomb in there trying to, like, schmooze. You go to lab. Oh, dude. It, yeah. Cracking jokes during the exam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody's so serious. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, so IE and then economics.
0: Yeah, yeah, studied economics. And, and really, um, you know, a lot of the, like, econometric, like, more, like, predictive modeling side of, of econ. Um, And kind of at the same time, uh, it was right about the time that, so, like, at the, at the time, like, Magento was the big e-com. It was pre-Shopify days, which meant it was a pain in the ass to build a website, like, yeah. super clunky. And yeah. apologies if anybody from Magento
1: yeah. listens to this. I mean, it's still, candidly, it, fairly clunky. It's it's more. Yeah. It's almost like a headless solution if in you, a weird way. If
0: you look at, like, built-with, some of the biggest websites on the
1: internet are still built on Magento, and Dude, it blows my they mind. They do work, yeah.
0: Legacy system stuff. Yep. Um, But, yeah, read the read the, you know, the four-hour work week was really kind of, like, one of the first things that piqued my interest. Yeah, well and, and the reason is like well, the thing that got me excited about it was this whole like drop shipping e-commerce thing, right? Oh, no way. So and this is back again, like, man, like a couple different drop shipping sites exist and they're super jank uh magentos around and super jank. So I was like, man, like unlike the marketing classes that I was getting in college, because I took some marketing as part of the business school, uh, which were super fluffy, like, Oh yeah, like, you know, this is kind of best practice and you can say this and it wasn't about e where you can track everything you know once i started learning about uh drop shipping and how that works it's like oh okay well there's like some math to be done here right it's yeah. Like, yeah it's all okay, arbitrage it's an arbitrage totally what, what's my cost per click what's my conversion rate what's my kind of gross margin on a product and uh you know the argument from the four-hour work week and it's been 10 years since i read it but it's just kind of like hey like y- you could have slightly less margins but you could grow from one to ten to a hundred X and not have to hire more people.
1: Yeah, hundred you know? percent.
0: You know, you can still kind of like fly the 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 fighter fighter jet and be like a one man army and and do that and so. I don't know. It was it's it's funny because the Atlas story is not that, <laughs> yeah. but it's that's kind of like you know it was interesting. That's kind of where I got steeped into, and I think the biggest lesson from anybody who knows how to drop
1: ship or has thought about it is like you have to know your numbers, like. Not only do you have to know your numbers, usually the drop shippers that I know, even if they're quasi successful, they're some of the best operators I know because there's no, like I, in a weird way, brand can build in like quote unquote margin because you, when you can get LTV on the back and like shipping is essentially an AOV business. Like totally. I got to get my money on that first purchase. Yeah, so you mean your, your acquisition fa- has to be on point. Exactly. If any, fo- if any step of the the process has to be on point, it's like you're a killer at paid acquisition. Exactly. and So uh, it keeps you sharp. I think it's actually a great way to cut your teeth for sure. I think drop shipping or agency. The challenge with drop shipping that I found was, and oh, you, it's flooded
0: now, man. Well,
1: oh, it's done. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> yeah well, yeah. because I, I think for me, like my thesis was, again, it was an arbitrage game, and Facebook ads were so underpriced. So and were Google back in the day. That's a fair play. That's a fair play. And so there was so much arbitrage to be had. The targeting was so good yeah. that um, you could. You could literally build a business off of paid media only. Yeah. Like the, yeah. there's a certain aspect. Like um, there's kind of a saying. Like you're essentially buying revenue, but you could buy it at X, yeah, and sell it at Y, and like totally. like life is yeah. good. Arbitrage We're, man, that's it. That's Amazon it. That's partially it. killed it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazon killed or will kill or you
0: know I don't know will kill. That's that's pretty bold. But anything that's not doesn't have a brand, anything that's price dependent. I mean, that's that's kind of like how are you competing with Amazon for things? Well, I guess ooh, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but you know, if, if marketing is demand capture or demand gen, yes, anything demand capture, like people searching for something,
1: and that's price sensitive and doesn't have a brand, like Amazon's going to eat your lunch. Eat your lunch, dude. And the other thing with that is, once people start to see those numbers, then you just get the kind of knock-on effects of just a flood of <laughs> competitors. And the the irony that I find in all of that is. For me, the most commoditized spaces is when brand matters the most. Yeah, oh, for in, sure. in like such a weird way, oh, look right? At look, alcohol, liquid death. Yeah, it's yeah. water. Oh, yeah, it's one of my yeah, favorite yeah. brands love, on the planet. Man,
0: I love finding those stories. Anytime you see something that flies in the face of convention, it's like there is magic to be to be made. You know, I'm so like such they a make, s- water. water. And, yeah.
1: and candidly, like it's not like you could objectively say like Mountain Valley or like there's some waters that are legitimately like they're really good yeah this but is the water hard. space even more than the alcohol space Like there are people who will be
0: like oh yeah like this you know this tequila is really good yeah. but in the water space it's like oh man it's sparkling water it's, it's hard like, yeah and it, it's, like, like, it's like not this they're like, not even making a quality argument the, right are, they, they, are they saying we're the best no. like their packaging tell you anything about the quality of it that's no, it's plastic
1: just, baby it's yeah it's it's interesting man I love it uh, before we move on from your uh, college days did you ever do breakfast club you had to right can, can yeah, you, can I don't you, remember for, too many, but I'll tell I'll tell everybody the, what breakfast yeah, Club is. Yeah, thank you. Because this is the only thing. Uh, so for people that don't know, Indiana University and Purdue University. Indianapolis is in the center. Purdue is about an hour north of the city. In or uh, Bloomington IU is about an hour south of the city. Um, and there, what I think there's like four state schools in Indiana, but those are essentially the two big ones. There's IU or uh, Indiana State and uh, Notre was, Dame. Nord, no, Notre Dame. is not a state, state school. school. It's private. It's Catholic. Uh, uh indiana, indiana State. anyways there's or ball state that was it ball state indiana state and then purdue and indiana um but they're the big rivals so uh for people that are like from texas it's kind of like the ut rice or um texas anywho, tech, texas or texas those, tech. Yeah. exactly yeah so that's the stage late so the reason i say this is because i'm a purdue hater but god damn i gotta give breakfast club up to you guys it's the craziest experience man. it's the only thing in a party level that purdue has on iu and
0: and it's basically Halloween. Every home football game for breakfast. So the bars open up. There's no more. I think this is the most degenerate holiday. It's the most degenerate. The the, the bars open. I think at like six a.m. and people pregame this, and they because you're not going to get dressed up in a coffee costume and not. My favorite part about uh about Breakfast Club is watching the uh, people uh walk of
1: shame in costume it like midday <laughs> my favorite was you so you go into the bar when it's dark and you come out when it's light. Yeah, so like 11 o'clock games it's weird and it, then you just see this rush of just i mean it's almost like zombies and costumes it, and then you'll see at halftime just the the stands are just a war zone for people that went too hard and you just see people pass it did it's you, wild, man.
0: I I, I can't. It's the craziest like, experience. I can't. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm not a morning person. I wasn't in college for sure, uh,
1: but I I only did it a few times. But it was, it was crazy. If you're young and you have the chance and you're in Indiana, uh, a Purdue home game for Breakfast Club is a absolute experience. And the stadium's not terrible. The Stadium's not horrible. The campus is atrocious. So much concrete. Oh, 100%. But hundred percent. Bloomington's way. My thing about
0: Purdue is like it's a school of engineers. And the way they designed the road, I the mean, irony, I can't, right? I love, I mean, I can't talk, I can't talk smack about my own school, yeah, yeah. Uh, except for that. Yeah. Um, education was great
1: though. It's yeah. so cold. There's oh, nothing it's top else tier, to do. Top it's tier just, school. Top tier school, especially in the engineering vectors, aerospace. I mean, absolute top tier school. Okay. So you, you find the four hour work week. You've been enlightened. <laughs> you're slanging from Alibaba now. Did you build a business from that? Or yeah, was- I built one. I built one from it. You're going to laugh. It was called
0: ISpoilMyPup.com. I love pet. I love Dude, dog. Well, dog place. This is back in 2010. Uh, let me think, actually. Yeah, I was in D.C. at the time because that's when I got my first job in D.C. And uh, are, are you sure? from Indiana? No, I grew up in Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, yeah.
1: oh all right. Um,
0: yeah. some pretty spots there. Oh, it's a beautiful state. Yeah, beautiful state. Um, so ISpoilMyPup.com. Big trend was humanization of pets, yeah. right? Like, And this is kind of like early-ish for that uh and it was it's like all pink it's like a pink website pink text logo ridiculous just absolutely maybe just the logo was pink i don't know but i just remember thinking how funny it was that like me and non-dog owner had this uh and actually when i look back on it and like i found the old google analytics account the other day it didn't do terrible i'll tell you what tripped me up uh was that again magento it was so clunky and it was like a side thing for me and but it was a great way to learn like First first dip
1: into AdWords, first dip into- um, And you're doing everything.
0: I did everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was dropship.
1: No, I mean, but like in terms of like the operations, like you're running the tech stack, you're running- Oh, yeah. It like,
0: I get home from work and and yeah, it was nothing at the time, right? Like we, and I, 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 it never got to be like a thing. I I think we made like 30 sales lifetime, like in a month, like in a month or two. Looking back, I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty good, but- when that first sale hits, were you like, "Oh my oh, gosh"? It's a feeling, man. Shopify right? was onto something with the ching the sound. Cha-cha. There's this dopamine. There's nothing that hits more dopamine than early stage company and that ching sound. Somebody gives you it money, just lights and you just up, like, man. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, okay, so dog stuff. What were you doing in DC? I worked for Geico. There's no way. Yeah, yeah I, worked I worked in insurance thing. as like a predictive um, predictive modeler. Oh my gosh, like the Ben Stiller movie where you you're putting like the uh... oh, I
0: wasn't an actuary. No. Okay, okay. No,
1: no. Look, thank goodness, now. Uh no, it's, it, well, we don't have to
0: get too into it because it's, it's pretty obscure, but, like, basically actuaries are in charge of, if you're a DJ, actuaries are the ones that, like, control kind of the overall levels. Like, how much rate should we charge overall for a given coverage? Uh And then what I did was more like, okay, but, like, what about for 18 to 24-year-old males who this, you know? And so, so like, we, we kind of... Uh,
1: almost build the cohorts within the... Yeah,
0: we're doing all the little, like, sub-frequencies knobs, yeah. and, and they're, you know, just really trying to match, like, rate to risk
1: but yep. um, so you've always been pretty heavily in the numbers you've always been a, a, a pretty uh, numbers guy it's a good fl- you know I don't know it's like, so funny because your personality is like so fun fluffy like I never knew any of this about you I think to some extent like if you're good at that stuff and you're social or at least kind
0: of are good at talking to people like for me like one of my strengths in my old jobs was just like I could learn about all the different things in the business I could think about these data problems in a different way where someone who got their PhD you know, maybe maybe they're building a model and they're, they're trying to get, like, just an ounce more of improvement on the model instead of, like, shopping with data vendors to try to find some data that we've never seen if it's predictive or not. And so you, it's kind of that, like, you know, in A-B testing, like, are you testing just one little element or are you, like, blowing up the page and starting over? And, like, we, I call that, like, A-B-C testing. And, like, so, like, C testing is, like, a whole new approach. B testing is, like, incremental. And, like, there's studies about how, like, if you... If you want the optimal, if you want to find, like, the global maximum result, you need a combination of kind of, like, big swing tests and, like, increment tests.
1: I love that. For people that uh, aren't tracking and didn't do fancy math, like uh, Michael over here, uh, and there's there's essentially two maxims, right? Maximums, there's the, the local maximum, which is essentially local to the environment. And then there's the global maximum, which is essentially, you could almost think of it like in, in layers of TAM, if you will. Um, so the ideally if you can reach that that global maximum that's the, the essentially if you think of it in economics terms that's the equilibrium where that'll clear the market like that's the ideal yeah situation I, I always for think you.
0: of it as like a two by two graph where it's like you know if you're on like a current version of a let's just say like conversion rate is the is the uh y-axis, y-axis yeah uh you know, for any given page, there's, like, the best it can be is some so peak really of a hill. Really but good But then there's analogy. some other page that if you started from that page, like, you might start a lower place on that hill, but you can iterate yourself up. And whichever the best, like, substantiation. It's kind of an abstract concept, but no, the best substantiation
1: so, of that is, like, the best converting. Yep. It's so helpful. Um, So, DC, doing insurance. Yeah. Now what?
0: So, kind of bounced around in insurance for a while, did that for... From like 2015 sorry 20 dates 20 2009 is when I graduated to 2015 uh, so st- took a job at a different insurance company in Boston okay awesome ecosystem yeah to, to kind of plug into and yeah that really got the got the entrepreneurial yeah. spirits going again yeah. uh worked out of the kind of nights and weekends and whatever I could would pop over to the Cambridge Innovation Center which is kind of like uh, oh really yeah yeah, that's fun and it's there's a lot of really cool startups out of there but surprisingly there was like a decent you know you'd expect them to be like biotech or whatever but there's a lot of e-com companies
1: Clavius out of there yeah oh yeah they're, they're on the work for yeah the, I used to man I met a lot of their uh, early early, arms. early team Yeah. their,
0: their office schools on Boston Street yeah Um, and uh, yeah man just like a different ways of applying data to different startups like I would just do kind of like hey but like what are you working on like How can I help? And the fun thing about like being the data guy or the analyst is like you, whenever you analyze any business problem, you learn intimately about that business problem and like how to think about it. And so whether it was like plugging into somebody who had an email program that did, you know, 10 plus mil a year and like, like building like an NLP model about like, oh, which types of words and this like random stuff. But you kind of learn like, oh, well, this is how you build a business just based on email that does 10 million a year like through that process. And then I had, you know, other friends that, you know, like we would more, do more stuff like top funnel, like, or, uh, or, sorry, retention, retention focus. And, and, um, you know, it, one of the things you learn through that too, is just that some companies, man, like you, you could just nail one channel and, and, you know, blow up and like learning what's possible within a thing kind of
1: tells you how far there is to push within that thing. It helps you kind of prioritize. I couldn't agree with you more, man. Because we sit across almost five, six thousand stores, fifty I'm plus sure you see it country, all, man. dude. Especially when I go to these events and stuff, there would be people that are coming where it's like you know maybe running like a three to seven person team, and they're just cranking twenty million dollars a year on some random gene company yeah. or something. It's, it's like, usually Facebook oh, is the one Lee, trick, point. Facebook, man. Instagram. Yeah, for a lot of people.
0: It's never been ours, but for a lot of companies, it is.
1: Well, and I think too, there's a certain aspect of like shiny object syndrome or opportunity costs where I really, unless you're super niche or, and even though I don't need, I'm like in my head, I'm trying to build the case. I I think at a hundred, even $200 million run rate, you just really can be on meta and Google and still, and still slay. Like, we we have some data where TikTok is decent for clothing and fashion accessories, which kind of makes sense, but it's still like a tiny tertiary channel too. Yeah, well, meta and, and, and it makes sense for like
0: what you see is what you get Procs,
1: Yes. right? Like, like it's yeah. I mean, so I but I'm with you because I I used to be like, hey, you should master all these channels, blah 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 blah. Have more kind of uh, acquisition paths, but the more and more I see, it's like focus, focus, focus. Focus is what's a the huge thing, man. Yeah, that's like what's
0: the saying it's like and it's not perfectly applicable but it's like more startups die from
1: uh indigestion than they do from starvation like they're trying to do too many that's things that's a bar i've never heard that yeah it's one of my favorite there's a uh a, a russian proverb that is uh, the hunter that chases two rabbits catches none oh yeah it's kind of same same but a russian different. proverb i, I think that's so. right i mean I don't know. hey I like we're it. over here where the just throwing it out maybe I like I it. maybe the in the current climate we'll call it a Ukrainian proverb. Or, there it is.
0: Or Eastern European proverb. I'm just like, that's super obscure, but good for yeah. you. That's cool that yeah, you know
1: yeah, that yeah, dude. You know me all the random facts. Um so when did you jump out of insurance?
0: Yeah. So uh me and a really good friend from college uh had talked about starting something. We didn't know what, right? Like I I was like, I I'm I, the biggest reason I left, it wasn't like oh, I want to work for myself. A lot of people have their own kind of reason for starting a company. Some of it's like, I can't work for the man anymore. Da, da, some of it's, you know, it's different for everybody. For, for me, I think it was, I was just, I was just fascinated by the, the space and being, being able, able to do it. Yeah, like the game. And, uh, so I was like, I'm going to take like three weeks off work, um, and go, we went to Malibu, California, me and, me and my, uh, really, really good friend, John. And, uh. Popped into a coffee shop, of course. You know, like, oh, let's pull up to this coffee shop and, and, like, think about ideas, right?
1: The cliches are abounding.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the truth is, is, like, prior to that day, like, coffee coffee really fell into the acquired taste bucket for me. Like, I never had a cup of coffee because, you know, think about it. Like, where do you... If you're not into coffee, you don't seek it out. So when you have coffee, you have, it like, events or gas stations or, like, Folgers or whatever, Starbucks maybe. But all that coffee is kind of burnt and gross and like over roasted and they do that for consistency of product right like starbucks coffee needs to taste the same no matter where it is so they just burn it to a pulp and uh and it will taste the same but it's you tasting carbon it's like going to a steakhouse and ordering a well done steak and apologies for anybody who likes well done steak with ketchup but if you went to a super nice steakhouse
1: barbarians
0: if you went to a super nice steakhouse and ordered a well done steak they won't the chef, they it, won't bring imagine it out imagine the, the chef's going to come out I mean, I'm talking like top tier steakhouse, right? Chef's going to come out. He's going to say, the cow's name was Jeff. We took really good care of Jeff. He was massaged every day, you know. I can't do and, so. And how would you like us to prepare? Just as a terrible analogy for any, I mean, but, but, you know, and if you're like, yeah, I'll get him well done. That chef would cry. Like there would be tears and then they would walk back to the kitchen. They probably, you know, and you, you know what? If you get it burnt enough, you can't taste the difference between that.
1: A hamburger.
0: And, and oh, yeah, it tastes the same. <laughs> It tastes the same because all you're tasting is the carbon from the cooking, right? So, point is, first coffee I, you know, coffee I'd had prior to this point, I'm like, oh, coffee's like, you know, other things. Like, people just say, like, oh, I like it, and they power it, they charge on through it, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know, it has a craft market now. But, yeah, like, people just charge on through it. People actually don't like it, you know? Uh, then I had this coffee, and it tasted fruity. So, I was like, you know, it tasted like... Uh, I think it, it was like some, some fruit. I think it was like blueberry. Um, and I was, you know, we're, we're sitting down to kind of have the conversation about what we want to do. And I was like, what is a slow day at the coffee shop? So I was, I was like, what, you know, like this tastes fruity. Like, what is that? And he's like, oh, th- this coffee's from Ethiopia. He's like, it's a uh, it's a natural processed coffee. He's like, coffee's a fruit. So I'm learning all these things. He's like, coffee's a fruit. Uh, you know, the, the, the coffee uh, bean is actually inside this cherry. And depending on how they get that in Ethiopia it doesn't rain a whole lot. And so a lot of times they'll they'll just lay this cherry out on these like raised beds in the sun and like a sun dried tomato, those things will kinda like uh dry out over the over the bean and then they pick it out. Uh and it, it imparts the fruit from like the, the cherry and that flavor. And I was like, Oh, that's fascinating. Like I had A had no idea coffee came from Ethiopia. Coffee's from Ethiopia, actually. Oh really? Yeah. So it's not
1: Java. Somebody was telling me Indonesia and Java. No, it's from it's those from sons- i've been promoting you haven't had me on the podcast exactly see this is what i'm doing i'm trying to eradicate my ignorance so
0: you know i'm learning all these things i'm like oh this is this is cool like coffee's from ethiopia uh it can taste like fruit it is a fruit it can
1: taste like fruit yeah
0: um it actually tastes good uh and so you know we're we're kind of chatting through ideas and one of the ideas that i had actually was like in the spirit of this dropship model was like oh like people are super into coffee and like I started looking at different markets and like the espresso making machines
1: are so expensive. Dude, I've been in the market and for the, one And of the, the
0: competition wasn't crazy. I'm like, man, like we can sell one of these machines for like, and, and this is what they sell for, like five to 10 to 20K, like the nice ones.
1: The Morascos and they're like And glow, all those their 100%. goal is super cool. It's super nice.
0: It's like we can sell these and like, you know, for a time, and I don't know if this is still true, like in Google, like uh, if you're selling a thousand or a 10,000 or a a hundred dollar product like the cost per clicks weren't linear like aggregation of the competition and the average margin for that thing that you're selling right oh the average like gross margin and um anyway so i was like oh we'll do that and then we but, but through through this experience we're like oh but like this is cool like what if we could like you know talk like sell actual coffee and like it just but it kept breaking my brain i'm like can't sell one bag of coffee like i'm like what well, let's say we sold it for you know 20 bucks like oh the math doesn't yeah, I'm like the math doesn't work based on what I knew to do, which wasn't Facebook. This is like right around the time that Facebook, even was a twenty
1: dollar conversion, that's that's a well because your tough margins gig. are like
0: you know what seven six it's you know a if tough you're, gig. and if you're not doing it yourself, it's less. So anyway, we're, we we he was the barista was like, hey, do you guys want anything else? And uh, I was like, yeah, like I'd love to try a different one. He's like, ah, okay, well you tried the one from Ethiopia, you tried this one from Indonesia, and so the Indonesian one was really earthy. It was really like. uh kind of had like some vegetal like bell fruit or bell pepper which doesn't sound good in coffee but it was really interesting um and i was like man like he's like i was like i didn't know indonesia did coffee either and he was like oh yeah man like over like 30 whatever countries grow coffee he's like and they all can taste different depending on like where they're from and all this stuff and and so a bunch you know, of
1: parallels to wine then in that that way yeah, right? where like yeah, it's, like it's soil, not only geography weather it's time soil of year. grape type you know it's, yeah. it's
0: it's very similar yeah um how interesting but 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 you know, but again, like everybody's getting well done steaks yep. in Correct. terms of coffee, yeah, so yeah. they don't taste it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, around the same time I was getting really interested in subscription e-commerce and like had a few friends that had been getting into that. And like, there's a but like, I think it was around the time like, like Dollar Shave Club and some of these companies were starting to blow up. The grip,
1: they had a great exit.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was a great for the wire, yeah, but yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah. hey, get on the
0: entrepreneur. There's a whole story about <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh so I was like, okay, well, what if we did a subscription where every month people could try coffee from a different country and we, you know, kind of like tell them about like why this country tastes like there or this place in this country tastes like that and like um you know, like what a cool, you know, no, no like selling it twenty dollar bag of coffee after shipping isn't going to cut the mustard but if someone stays for x amount of months and then i then the, the added layer on top of that was like okay and then like i kind of know how we could analyze the data to figure out like what we would need to do to make retention better you know you start to see kind of the the funnel ecosystem from acquisition to retention and and with my background i was like oh this is this is this is fun and a cool fit and i loved it was a perfect marriage of kind of like left brain right brain like i love this idea like you know, I'm a big believer. When you learn something for the first time, like you're going to get these nuggets about that space that just like hit you like a ton of bricks. Cling to those because it's only going to be novel to you once. And people who have been in the space for ten years, they might look past that. Beginners'
1: minds a real thing, dude.
0: Yeah, well, and you cling to those things and use them as as part of your storytelling because, um, a lot of the people who start coffee companies, they they're like, yeah, coffee comes from around the world, but you know, they zoom to the details that they know, that they love as founders, right? Like they're like, oh yeah, but like it's at this altitude and it's this and this and this. And it's like the average person is in coffee. At least my theory was, was like me before I had that cup. Yeah. And so like, instead of zooming to like some level of detail that isn't going to like get someone else excited, let's start with the fact that it comes from around the world,
1: you know? I s- lo- Well, I think too, where you guys really nailed it, um, is not only the detail, but the details wrapped up in a narrative. I think people experience the world in stories. And I think that's one of the coolest things that you guys do is there's such an incredible, compelling story around the coffee that it's it's kind of that um, if the, again, like the wine market. Like a lot of the wine market isn't driven or, or sneakers, for example, like a lot of this sneaker, there's not a ton of like intrinsic value in these things. But when you wrap people it in a narrative- People may not appreciate it. Yeah, well, I mean, the coffee's coffee, people. right? Yeah. Like you're, it, yeah. Whether it tastes good or better, that, yeah. that's totally like 100% a thing, but it's not like this is uh, gold and this is platinum and yeah. there's actual intrinsic value. But when you wrap that in a story yeah. and you build a community around it, and that it, it gets so interesting. And the- it, yeah, anyways, I just, I just wanted to gas you up there a little bit cuz I think that's one of the things that you guys do so well. Like I think you sell stories and monetize through coffee. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean I th- I think you have to. I think you have to. I think it's like people don't
1: buy products, they buy the stories. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, 100%. And I, again, like zooming back to the the Amazon thoughts, it's like the anecdote for uh, everything being a product page that looks exactly the same, where you have minimal amount of space to tell your brand story. The anecdote to that is a story. Like if you're going to win in the D to C world, like you have to have a narrative that people buy into that enriches what someone's buying more than just price and features, right? Because if you're trying to compete on price and features,
1: like, you know, you're going to get Walmart. Yeah. You just don't man. have the scale. It's hey, tough. That's why I always try and tell people because, until you get to a certain scale, dude, you're always going to be a price taker, not a price setter. Yeah. Like until you get to the price setting stage, like you have to yeah. have something different than economics. Like you, you can't just be like, oh, we're going to be the cheapest, fastest, bestest. Like that's. Just, and, and to your point, I find whenever you're competing on price, it's pretty much done. Like like it's yeah, gonna be tough. it's it's a race to the bottom. Somebody's going to undercut you. Somebody's going to take a loss just to get market share. Their, it also
0: signals there's just no differentiation. Bingo. You know? Yeah.
1: Bingo. So how did you guys? So you go from this, you have the epiphany in the coffee shop, ran did some Ethiopian, which I love, Indonesian coffee, fantastic, and now you're like, all right, what's the business model? Business model subscription. Now how do you marry the putting the uh? So first thought was
0: okay, like let's validate this idea, right? Like, I love that, and you know, and God we trust all sees data, like trust but verify. Yeah, Russian. Let's uh, okay the uh you know the very the 1.0 point version of this was me just like spinning up a website and shopify thank god yeah. shopify was around <laughs> this is a big plug for for shopify uh was spinning up a you know kind of using a template spinning up a website um again like we didn't have like branded packaging you know so spinning up a website and uh trying to find someone who would do like private label for us or white yeah. label our stuff yeah, like, yeah. They already sell, they already have, like, beans that they'll package, and we'll put our, you know, logo on the bag and and ship from them, and, like, kind of knowing that, like, we're going to get our lunch eaten on margin in the short term, but we're
1: going to chase down the InSight. Was there an MOQ, like, a minimum order quantity, or were you guys, it was kind of chill? It's been so long. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to. It's been, like, eight years. This is 2015, so December. Hey, you guys have been around for eight years. Yeah. That's well, so we'll cool. Well, we'll get the
0: bootstrap story in a minute. Let's but, go. Uh from like you know we we were in that coffee shop like December 2014 and from then until like April found a supplier built up a website launched some like basic Google ads Uh, again no visuals that really told like no branded visuals but like stock images you know so you can get like 80% of the way there 70% of the way there maybe less Uh, spun it up spun up AdWords easiest you know if people are searching for coffee subscription and they're not buying this then I'm like okay but we did pretty well out of the gate like the conversion rate was really, you know, like I three or four percent cost per sale at the time was like twenty, thirty bucks. And I was like doing the back of the album, like oh people wouldn't have to stay for like too crazy long. Yeah. Um
1: for six months or some you're 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 in a yeah, healthy ish place. Like
0: not not a bad spot. Yeah. And that's all paid. Um and then uh you know, it was like I need to learn about I need to like deep dive into subscription stuff yeah. too. And so yeah. I like read uh, this is a really good book called The Automatic Customer
1: oh i'm always uh, looking for great books I've never yeah heard of it. it's kind of
0: like it talks about the seven or i think it's seven different kinds of subscription models there's like the surprise box where it's like the man crate you know where they send you a bunch of stuff and like pros to that are that you get better margins cons to that are like you got to gamify retention because you're not going to get why would someone stay how many axes or whatever things do they need so that they have to come up with like some way of doing like collectibles in there where you want to stick on or you know like
1: um, then and the, there's like the, the, the disappointment can be really high there right it can if be you, if, you, if you if you miss because I had yeah uh, if you miss Stitch Fix which was kind of a mystery box so that's not, a, that's curation oh, that's curation so, okay. well and it, it's yeah it's curation sorry I, I messed up your flow let's keep your flow because you're you, yeah you're so there's zooming.
0: the surprise the box yep so the book is the automatic customer automatic customer uh John Wallerow
1: I think is the author okay we'll, we'll find it and put it in show notes
0: um so there's yeah there's like the surprise box there's the curation box so that's uh that's like your trunk clubs um mm-hmm. and the key there is like obviously preference matching um there's uh consumption so like dollar shave club you know coffee's kind of anything that you anything that you consume at some pace so like for consumption subscriptions and the book calls this out it's like you got to nail like w- making sure people don't have too much or too little and it's so overlooked.
1: <laughs> it's so overlooked. The other thing that's overlooked, not only the too little, too much, is um, the sizing of your product. Yeah. I know people that would size a product, and it's like, dude, that's six months yeah. of beard oil. Like yeah, you... nobody's gonna remember to come back and buy in six months. Like the more you can get it close, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the subscription expert, but the most, you can, the closer you can get to a monthly cadence, the better you are. Yeah, you want one. Well, you and everyone's
0: consumption is different depending on the product. Like think of every single product having a different kind of distribution of consumption pattern coffee's got a wide one and some people they're a family of six they all drink coffee it's like a family ritual and those dudes those people will go through like you know
1: eight bags a month I'm not even thinking so, the one to many i'm just thinking one to one that's interesting if you have multiple people consuming the product i yeah, didn't think of that
0: well so and every i think every space has a different band but yep.
1: so that there,
0: there's surprise box curation consumption um there's a bunch of others but those are the three that i, I like i remember and the the most powerful combination, in my opinion, is curation and consumption, because if you're just curation, if you're a trunk club, like, that's nice, but how many clothes do you need, right? So you're not consuming it, you're not going through it. Even if you hit,
1: yeah, like how many outfits can I wear? Like, so you're totally. absolutely right. You so bump up against that consumption. Curation barrier.
0: is like pre- something that drives premium. Yes, yeah. price premium. Consumption is something that keeps people right. So that that combo. I is need to write good... on this. That is brilliant. Well, and there's a lot of like. There's a lot of businesses that nail this, but but like- What are some ones you like that are doing oh, really good? that I, I really like. I really like, uh, like anything where you care a lot of, like I'll take, like take dog food. Yeah. Like, you care a lot about what your dog eats and let's say we are, if we did this, if we are the expert in, you know, diets for your dog, you can personalize it. What breed is your dog? What do they struggle with? Body
1: has this business.
0: I mean, a lot He's of people have this. Well. business, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But if they're all doing brilliant. super well. Yeah. Um. You know. So it's like, you know, t- take that example. Like, okay, you want to make sure that like, your comm- you're getting the right information on the front end, so people feel like it's tailored to them, which again will drive a premium and yes. price, and again set you apart from Amazon, which yes. doesn't allow for these kinds of yes flows. Um. You want to make sure you're matching the consumption. Yeah. You know, like, the consumption pattern. If you do those two things well, and and kind of, oh, and it talks about all these different tactics to right. help. With retention and all, you know, like the, the uh like a happiness bomb and all these, like you, your first package, you give someone like an extra whatever yep. and surprise and um, delight. Talks about well,
1: so the first book is about
0: the first half of the book is about kind of
1: the strategies for the architectures, if you will, of subscription models. Yeah,
0: and then the second half is all about like the economics, like LTV to CAC, like how to think about payback. It was truly this like book the bible. Is like my love language. There's now. like two I need books that like really, really reformative for me. That's one, and then the other one,
1: this is book Scaling Up. Why do I know that? Is that the one? Where, there's a big arrow on the cover? Yeah. It's, yeah I yeah. think
0: it. Yeah, it's uh, Vern.
1: Verlo. I'm going to butcher his last name. It's I think it's
0: Vern something. But he's, uh, that book great. It's like a Bible for starting a business, man. Curation
1: and for consumption subscription models. That surprise is, box. There's a few others. That dude. is such a good framing. Because the surprise box never never really like kind of floated my boat because there was just so much vulnerability built into that business. Like try well, and and you have to solve for retention. So, but how do you, you how do you do it? Like the, the
0: gamification is a big one. Collectible. What are the threads? What are the things that like we know are
1: like human uh, drivers to like stick to something? Right. I, like yeah, I, you're right on the thing for collectibles. I've I've really gotten back into. You would do a shoe. I bet you would do like a. I bet you would do a shoe of the month. You know where the they said? You rare is? stuff. Well, you know the problem with that is what the curation. Oh, to match the, your stuff. The curation. like, I, What if they
0: gave you options?
1: Yeah, but at the same time. So this is actually a really good thought experiment. Yes and no. Do you want to scale your Shopify store? Do you want more commas in the bank account? Do you want to track every single metric? Do you want to make custom metrics? Do you want a real-time dashboard with over 15 integrations and more coming daily? Do you want a tracking solution that can show you new customer revenue, new customer site visits, gross profits, or even custom metrics, something crazy new that we don't even track yet? You can do all of this with our triple pixel. How about inventory management? Never run out of stock again. What about an activity feed where we pull in every single change throughout your marketing ecosystem? You can even add custom activities as well to see the impact on your business. Do you want reporting, whether that be an email or Slack? How about cohorts, LTV, AOV, customer journeys, maybe a little bit creative analysis to understand what angles ads are performing best. Well, then Triple Whale is your solution. You can go right over to TripleWhale.com and grab a demo today and start riding the lightning.
0: I'm not a sneakerhead, so no, not, I, know, I would never I'm start. Just, to-
1: I'm just working through this because this is a great thought experiment. I want you to come to me with the stories about the coffee. Uh-huh. I like to go hunt I see. for yeah, my yeah, sneakers. Yeah. That makes sense. Isn't that weird? Yeah. No, it's so not. Like, it's like, not weird. You want to be the protagonist there, right? Like, Yeah, I want to be the 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 like finding the the random grail, finding the story, yeah. hunting it you're, down. You're in like, Indiana grabbing, Jones, man. Yeah. Like, you want
0: to be Indiana Jones and your shoe is you're going to lift off the thing and then the arrows are going to shoot at you? Yeah. Cause That's what you, you want.
1: Yeah, I got to put the other thing That's right back want. on. That's why, like, that's, that's a,
0: why, and sh- I think... That's such an interesting
1: thought experiment, I think it, the
0: sneakerheads have this. Like, that's why... I, I live in Boston, while and there's a shoe shop called Bodega. And it's, like, the, you walk by it, it looks like a, like actually, a knockoff store. I have
1: a couple of them. They did a collab with Nike. Oh, it's so cool. You
0: you walk by the store, and it's, like, you, it looks like a, like a jank 7-Eleven, and you go in through the vending machine, and it's, like, dope. It's, like, their sneaker, like, drop shop. They do, like, all sorts of, like, limited release. Anyway, we're getting off topic. But, um which I'm prone to do. No, no, no. This is
1: fascinating for me because if you would, on the outside looking in, what you just said makes tons of sense. Like, do I spend absurd amounts of money on sneakers so there's a big retention LTV play? I'm very into sneakers. I love the story, but I want the hunt. And so I think Collectors, I think, are like a It's a little different breed. It's like put that uh, one... uh, That's a little different breed of... uh, But that's a nugget, man. It's interesting. I mean... There's definitely something to be said about StockX does a really good job of highlighting curation for me, where I get most of my stuff, but it's still that, it's almost, you know, it brings up, um, so uh, General Mills, back in the 60s, uh, did a cake mix. You know the story? So they did a cake mix. Amazing. All you did was add water, bush, bosh, bosh, and make some cake. Fantastic. Absolutely flopped. Okay. They brought in this really high-level psychologist, figured out, blah, blah, blah. What happened was baking this cake was a representation of care, of loving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, this was a very woman-centric household. Women are still in the kitchen kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so they found out, okay, you know what? What we're going to do is take the pre-mixed egg out, and now you have to add an egg. So you feel like you're part of the process. yeah. And now, and then it just absolutely blew up. And so I think that's where uh, the sneaker thing falls apart for me is I need to be able to add the egg. I want to feel like I'm part of the process versus just giving it to me versus the coffee stuff is fun because one, I want the coffee. I want the back end stuff. And two, I love the story, but I don't have enough like vigor to actually put the effort into finding the coffee, finding the story. And so that, well, maybe you don't feel like you could like access, you can't go shop. Like oh, it's the opportunity cost for me, it's just not there. Like yeah, I'd yeah, rather yeah. just give you money because you're way better at it than me have to deal with it. Yeah. On consumables versus collectibles. It's interesting, man. That's a really interesting thought experiment. Okay, so we we found your your business model. Yeah. Uh, what was it called again? Automatic buyer? Automatic customer. Automatic customer. Changed your life. You great book. Great, great book.
0: book. If you're gonna do a subscription business and this guy makes the case that like pretty much any business should consider becoming a subscription that's my, business.
1: Do you, that's why big 2023 prediction is paid, uh, paid communities and brand memberships. I think more brands are going to try and transition to memberships. And I think they should. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. I think it's,
0: I think they, I think if they do it, there's, it's, there's a very specific way that it probably needs to be done. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just thinking like if we were, you know, if I was the CEO, if I was at the helm of something that was trying to do that, like,
1: how would I think about how to build something that's valuable, how to build like a digital community? It's like one of the hardest. Oh, it's super hard. But so, for example, I've been playing like uh, friends with uh, Jason Panzer. Have you ever heard of Hexclad? They make like super fancy cookware. Sounds it's like, like a locker yeah, set, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon Ramsay kind of stuff. Like, uh, And for him, it's like perfect because you can have all these like you have this hub, which is like your cookware. These are like the. the uh, oh, there's a ton of content the, around that space. Yeah. Content, community, yeah. all sharing these recipes, things. Thumbs sharing the recipes thumbs down. Did you could get Man, to- I
0: want to make competition. I'm I'm I like competition. Yeah. I'd want to make like submit your recipes. We'll pick your favorite every yeah. week. And if you win, you get X.
1: Highlight it. Yeah. Come cook with us live on Thing. There's all these things. You could even get to a place if the economics worked out that you could send food boxes to cut or cook. In the hex class, like a HelloFresh kind yeah, of style yeah. or stuff like that, so like a little recipe of the month. Yeah, and I think that is, I, I think brand memberships are going to become a, a a thing because it just there's a certain like when you have, uh, and again, I think this is what you guys do so well because I think of it more of as a membership than a subscription, and it might sound like semantics, but when you have a membership, well, we call it a club for a reason. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It, when you have a like when you have a subscription. That is a transaction. I have a subscription to ATT. I hate ATT, but I give them tons of money every month because I need my phone. I need my internet. And like it, it, but when you have a membership, it's almost like paying dues. You get part, you're part of the club, you're in the community, yeah. you're framing, all these things. That it, framing matters a lot. It matters, right? Yeah. It sounds semantics, but it really matters. And I think you guys nailed that. Did you back into that or was that always the impetus? Like when you started, you're like, dude, we need to really concentrate on the user having the best experience possible and they have like, cause you just feel successful. Like the, again, I know I'm gassing you up here, but I, I do really think <laughs> I gotta that, live up that, to this. yeah, guy, I do really like love the idea of how, again, I'm a big story guy and I think, the more stories you can give your consumer to tell their their wife, their husband, their significant other, their friends, why they're so smart or why they're so cool, yeah. why like, do make you, them, you make know them what? the protagonist. I, I'm drink. I'm exactly the hero in their own story, yeah, kind yeah. of the Rogan thing. The, uh, you know this coffee I'm drinking? Oh yeah, it's actually Ethiopian. It comes from this region. It has these undertones. Blah 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 blah. You're like, oh, I didn't know you're such a coffee file. You're like, oh yeah, actually I'm a Atlas Coffee <laughs> Club member. You know yeah, what is. I mean? It sounds cheesy, we'll dude, but it's a, it's a real thing, dude. It's no, a real for thing sure. for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean. Well, and, and you know, we want to go, that, that kind of thinking came on, or well, the name was Atlas Coffee Club for yes. that reason, right? Yes. Like we wanted it to be something. I guess,
1: yeah. So for people that don't know, let's give the elevator pitch because we've kind of been talking around it. What is yeah. Atlas club, so, Coffee Club?
0: Atlas Coffee Club is a coffee month club where every month we send people coffee from a different country. Um, And there's over 50 different countries that, that grow coffee. And so each month is kind of, you, you pop it open and there's, the, and, and each of our bags actually have kind of, like, different patterns and, like, stories to tell. We include a postcard just to remind you visually that, like, hey, this isn't from here. Um, and then, yeah, we talk about kind of the coffee history in that country, uh, what you're going to taste. Um, you know, our, our kind of motto is to take them there. Uh, that's, a, that's a bar. And then the, uh, yeah, our, you know, the first person that we brought on the team, because, uh, you know, it's just me working on, you know, John, the, my co-founder, uh, was a navy, navy uh, fighter pilot. That is wild. Yeah. So I mean, long, long story short, like it was just kind of me. Like from after, like you know, he, and he he kind of helped with a lot of different things along the way. He would do like customer service, like nights and weekends and stuff. A fighter pilot. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm
1: just picturing this, this is like Tom Cruise
0: Maverick. He got to meet Tom Cruise. He got to meet Tom Cruise because he was a consultant for the movie. He's in the credits. Yeah, because he planned the routes. Like he, like, oh, a lot of the routes that they do in the second in the in the second, obviously obviously the second movie, a lot of the routes that they did. The like second he, movie slapped. I, you know, I it, was it was great. I had a high bar. It's rare that things get bar. built up like that. Totally. I'm with trying the... to live up to your your intro into the pod, man. Like you built it up, <laughs> but it's rare that that happens. I
1: know. random connect? Yeah, man. Because you have a fighter pilot, <laughs> a Top Gun instructor running your support. You're running the whole business. When what was your... so first tire was a. Uh,
0: this guy named Jordan, Jordan Rosenacker, uh, man, like, you know, we, we, uh, this is about, so again, start, you know, I quit my job. I should say this. I quit my job in April. So the idea, I had the idea in, in December
1: of 2014, quit my job in April. Can I ask you kind of an intimate question? And you can give me as much detail as possible, but like, was it like jumping off the cliff, burn the burn the ships, or is it like, hey, you know, I had a little bit of a parachute for for whatever oh, reason? Oh, I fit. mean, it was burn the boats. Like, you were all in. I was all in. Like, liquidated my four hundred one k. Like, did the, let's go. Did
0: the whole thing. Let's go. Uh, we had about fifty k. I say we. You always say we
1: when it's just you. It's but so, I used to run my own agency, and you can yeah, charge. You gotta people say way we more of when you, when say, you we. say we than I. Yeah, it's funny. That's uh, awesome though. So you just this, this is it? You said, hey, it, like, cause yeah. You, Obviously, a bright guy, always could get back in the insurance game and stuff like that. Well, that so was it's it. Like... like, when I quit, like,
0: Liberty Mutual, where I work, was a super progressive company. Like, they were, yeah, they, they were great. They were like, yeah, man, hey, like, we support you. Like, we're, yeah, pump for you. Like, we, if you ever want to come back, we will take you back. That's in a amazing. heartbeat. And, you know, so it was, yes, it was risky, but it was, it was as much of a, like, you know, falling back to a hammock as you can have. Now, I didn't, I didn't mentally, even want to frame it that way like I framed it as a burn Burn the the boats yeah and and a lot of that was like super fun and energizing um but after spending like a month or two like you know going from a totally disciplined environment show up to work at this time leave at this time to like make your own schedule you know show up and work there's a million things you can work on you know like when you're when you're at a when you're starting a company there's like a laundry list of things and if it's just you you know, it's just it's it's tough. Personally, I also like I work better when I'm working next to somebody. Interesting. As like a, as like some people can just lock themselves in their room, yeah, and go heads down. Yeah, uh, I get too antsy, man. I'm just like maybe it's because I drink too much caffeine. <laughs> I just do better when I when I uh, when I like have someone else's energy to kind of like build up and and uh, and I think like I've always tried to be I've always tried to be conscious of what is the best environment for me to be productive and in a good headspace and like i used to kind of stigmatize it to myself and say like oh like well you just need to power through and work on your own don't be lazy but it's not that it's like some i don't I, it's really weird and i can't just i actually just read some article in the new york times about this it's like people with adhd which i have uh like there is a there is a, a term for when they like co-work with people and like why that's like studied it's like being studied now to be net more beneficial i forget the name of it um buddying maybe i don't know um anyway for that and for a lot of reasons like you know things that i wasn't good at like a lot of i'm, I'm
1: decent at creative stuff but um uh, and creative execution um man you're such a rare be like the the quant and the creative is is, well, a, is, I, is I, it's this not this a... is kind of what i'm saying is like i'm good and i'm good I'm not great at that. I think you have taste, and that's what matters. I don't. I don't think you need to be the zero to one creator. Yeah. But like, like the Steve Jobs of like he wasn't creating. Like Johnny Ive was the the creative genius behind that. But Steve yeah, Jobs created had the taste. Direct, they created like versus the, creative, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's uh, again rare to find a quant that has like usually the quant people I know dress like you know schlobs. and <laughs> like they're because they're, they they're, they're, their headspace is just in, yeah, in a different it's world. All, it's on one side. The taste yeah. doesn't make sense to them. It's like the. How yeah. do I calculate taste, like well, the, the so, intangibles? So, you know, quit
0: my job in April. And then uh, a friend of mine, he did, like, a bunch of branding stuff for, like, Spike Lee and a bunch of people. He, he was, like, really good at – he went like, you, a buddy of mine. Uh, you might even know him, Russell Marcus. Okay. Anyway, uh, I called him up. I'm like, hey, man, like, what are, you, what are you up to? I've got this startup. Like, I'm here's kind of the pitch. He's like, man, I don't have time. I'm, like, doing my own thing. But he's like, my roommate loves coffee. He's like, and dude, he's just you're gonna love him. He's great, like good people. So like I, you know, I took took a call with this dude who I didn't know. Uh, and true to true to Russ's word, like Jordan was just like, yeah, vibe, and then just like super good energy, loved the idea, immediately was like firing off all these other things that we can do. And our both of our leases ended at the same time. So both of our leases ended in August. So I met him on my birthday.
1: Uh and you're still in DC or Boston? I, I'm in Boston, Boston. So I drive
0: I take the train down to new york uh we hang out kind of pitch him on the idea and and kind of get all, like all you know excited about about this thing he's like hey man, my lease ends here and like i've kind of got a fork in the road like i can either take this gig with project runway because he worked in he worked in tv production uh or i can i can do this he's like uh he's like well, and then and then he came up with this idea that we would take a road trip from New York out to L.A. because my my grandpa has a house in San Clemente, and he was like, "Hey, I'll, you can use it if you want." So like, we basically like road trip from New York to L.A., brewed in a bunch of cities along the way. And man, I I like I don't give this trip enough credit. One, it was great. Like if you, if you're starting a company with people and it truly is like a bootstrap risky thing, like you have to kind of be right or die. Like you're asking someone to kind deep. of it's like a disciple thing. You like. You they're following you into the dark, right? And so, it was really good from that perspective. Yeah. Like him and I are still really, really good friends. Yeah. Um, but it was also just like think about all the time to talk. the The most impactful part about that probably was just telling the brand story about a hundred times to strangers. Yes. You know, because we we uh, not kidding. We brewed at National Geographic. We brewed at Geico. My old whip. We brewed. Uh, you know, at all these places. We came to Austin because his girlfriend at the time lived in Austin. Um. And there was so much, you know, you just learn kind of what resonates with people. You could see it in their face, which is a missed thing in e-commerce. It's a missed thing in like a lot of, uh, even even if you do like a formal, you know, qualitative interview with somebody, you're going to miss that organic, like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. And like, you're going to learn even the best ways to frame things to get people excited. So that was such a cool, I, I haven't really ever reflected on that and distilled it down to like why that was so useful, that trip, but like apart from the morale building and just like getting, having a bunch of ideas, it was just like really understanding what people responded to about the brand.
1: Uh, man, I couldn't agree with you more. There's a great framework called jobs to be done. And when you're doing the interview, so there's like a whole interviewing technique and the too long didn't read is basically that, that you look for the emotion. Like once you see, cause you can like, people won't tell you with their words, they'll tell you with yeah, their, like, what, like when you, you see them light up, you're like, Oh, this is from Indonesia. And you're like, the, the head snapshot like, oh yeah. there, there's a there there like you know what i mean people care where it's from they care about the story they and not only that uh i think one of the biggest things in early stage startup because it's grind yeah yeah is those little wins it's almost i don't have a kid you recently right you have a kid? Uh, no no no, no okay. kid. i just oh, yeah. got married married that's right that's right yeah. one step at um, a time you know but supposedly like when you have the kid in, in the six months or whatever when it's just hell but then that, that one little smile like brings you uh, all back. Yeah. It's kind um, of analogous when you <laughs> when you hit the customer and, or, or a prospective customer and you're like, Oh, yeah. there is something here. Like, yeah. even if it's one person, like that just rejuvenates you. Like when we get some tweets on Twitter about triple well, doing this for me and helping this business, like when you're down in the dumps or like, you know, something, it's not going to go right every every time, especially early stage. Well, and, and people who are unhappy are going to speak up like five times more often. Loud minorities, minorities are, are yeah. one of the the easiest ways to scuttle your business. So you definitely take customer feedback, but some people just want to yell at the sky and totally. like you. you oh, we've we got to, some fun stories. About yeah. That. Uh, uh, so you did your little vision quest road trip, end up in LA or San Clemente. I'm gonna yeah. Try to keep us linear, but you
0: you said something earlier about like the branding in the club and. Like, Jordan was really instrumental in two things. Well, one, I should call out, like, early on, we paid, we tried to minimize costs as, as much as, you know, there's always a balance of, like, cost versus, like, the brand experience, right? And, you know, I was, I was like, coming, again, coming from the dropship mentality, right? I'm like, oh, we got to keep costs down. And Jordan is like, well, man, anybody can say, like, coffee from around the world, but we, if we can show it, like, if we can make it. And so he, early on, like, one of my, he he, like, would sketch these different bag designs. He's like, "What about this? Like, what if we made each bag different?" And like, ops, it's an ops nightmare, right? You're ordering a different, a rotating skew every 28 days, and you're paying like twice as much per bag. And so, and I'm just like, you know, looking at the bank account, looking at Jordan, looking at the bank account. But like, I'm so glad that I had. He was right. Oh, 100. Oh, 100. You know, and and you know, we 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 have healthy arm wrestles about this, these kinds of things, all the time. But like, you know, he, he was, uh, he, in terms of like making it a club, like over the, over the first couple, you know, two or three years, like, you know, we, we did a branding exercise. It was maybe one of my favorite meetings we've ever had as a company. And when I say company, it was like me, him and one other guy, uh, just to, just you know, we have 50 plus now. So I, I got, you know, in my mind, it's like, I got to put it in the right frame. Uh, we had this brand exercise and he had been reading all these different books and we were trying to kind of concise down what we do pure compression where you don't lose the meaning of something you can get it as small as, as small as it. so we were we were thinking like what's the right like what who are we to our customers and and he came up with coffee tour guides that's it and i was, was like,
1: called a coffee concierge same, same well, so thing the,
0: the tour guide is someone who like you're going on this journey together they're not pretentious like coffee struggles with this problem yes it is so uh, unapproachable, is what they say. You go to a barista at a, like a nice, nice, nice coffee shop, and you know it's not like, hell, let me help you learn." It's like, "Oh, you don't, you didn't know." <laughs> you know, it's like you that's not what a, am, you don't know an americano that's, is. That's not what a tour guide does. Like, a tour guide has no ego. A tour guide, if they're they're a good tour guide, they kind of stand out of the way and you look at the view together, and they're here telling you as you're, you're guiding you on the journey, right?
1: So, like, they're experience generators.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, I, uh,
1: That's a way better, better than concierge tour guides nailed it.
0: But yeah, he, he, uh, really helped us kind of like crystallize some of those things.
1: And there's more work as a business that we can do
0: to kind of make this more an adventure. I mean, trust me, there's, we have so many ideas, man. Like, in terms of, uh, ways to build out the club, part of the Atlas Coffee Club,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so, You know, he jumped on in June and we kind of all, you know, it was me and him. We took that trip. We took that road trip uh, to San Clemente. And then, you know, we're in San Clemente working on something. And I think I was like writing some, it was some like not the most important thing I could be doing. And it was taking me way too long because Shopify at the time didn't have a good CMS, didn't have a good way to write blogs. I think if you can believe it, like they just, they didn't care about blogs for a while. And so uh, I had to teach myself how to code, and I was, and I'd already done that to some extent, like, but I was just beating my head against the wall doing this, and I was like, oh, I got a buddy that I remember from Purdue. It's he kinda... was like a he was a <laughs> wizard, like just truly, you know, like in the engineering world. Yeah, like, you guys. Like, there are certain people you that guys just can run laps around other people. And so uh, I was like Omar, I gave him a shout. I hadn't talked to him in like six years. It's like, what's up, buddy? Like, what are you doing these days? He's like, I'm out in Miami. You know, I was like, you know uh Club music playing in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm out in Miami. I was like, Hey, man, uh I've got this project. Like, it's taking me forever. Like, you know, I'll, I'll throw. And it wasn't the blog project. It was something else. Uh I was like, I'll throw you. Like, you know, I didn't know how much it was gonna, how long it was gonna take, and how much it was gonna cost. And I'm thinking, like, it's gonna take him five hours. Like, you know, maybe I'll throw him like, I don't know, like 500, 600 bucks. He gets it done in like thirty minutes, and he's like, Here you go. I was like, God, I shouldn't have done fixed rate, but. <laughs> uh, but he gets it done in like 30 minutes and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I think I had like him do the like two or three things for us. And I was like, this is the leverage we need. Like truly like crowbar to like whatever problem you have, like engineering leverage. Um, so I was like, I need to get, we, got you know, if Jordan and I are like a one and two man, you know, band, I was like, I need to get this man to join the company. So when I, I, when I moved in with him in Miami, in South Beach, Miami, no. I went to the belly of the beast.
1: Oh and, my god! You uh, didn't know you did a stint in Miami. Oh yeah, my well, god. I had to
0: pull him out of his, you know, favorite, you know, scene, and then him, Jordan, and I all lived in my parents' basement for like six months.
1: No way! Yeah. The parents' basement, dude. Well, because we're trying to save money, but we also wanted to be in the same place. And you don't want to, you know, spend money on an office. It's amazing. You
0: know, like at this point, the business is doing like, I don't know, like 150K a year. We're tiny, right? Uh, So we do that. And actually, like some of the best memories, because we would drive like 30 minutes, because my parents live like out in the sticks in Arkansas. And we would drive to, uh, we would drive to this co-working space. It was a 24-hour co-working space, which is crazy. That is crazy. Crazy in Arkansas. 24-hour co-working space. And we would work until like two in the morning, you know, and it was fun. You know, like it was like singularity of purpose. And we started getting like win after win after win. Like we, Jordan, so Jordan used to work in TV production uh, and he would get pitched ideas for TV shows all the time. And so he knew the anatomy of like a good pitch versus one that was just a generic one that went to like 300 studios, right? Like, a good pitch was, like, personalized. Like, you knew it was written to you, not to some X, Y, and Z studio. And, like, gave the context as to why it was a good fit for you and was engaging and, like, you know, like, packed some value in there but wasn't too long. And so he, because he knew that, he was really good at pitching press. Because he knew how to come across as, like, hey, I'm a real human. Here's this idea you know like and even how to frame what we do that was like a really in a really exciting way and man like we like that in that short stint of like six months it was probably like four months that we lived in my parents house like we got on like the we we were on the today show we were oh yeah it was it was wild yeah jordan's grandma called him and was like hey you're on the today show and i'm like oh she's got it wrong like there's no way right like this is like you know and i pull up google analytics and sure enough there's like i don't know like ten thousand people on our website and uh and those things never drive as many sales as you think but what they do is you can say now featured on the today show on your on your site you get the seo you know they link to it right and then and then um you know and then there's the traffic from the day and and like from there it was kind of this snowball of like we got a lot of pr like he's just a pr machine yeah um which helped our seo which like really started to like grow our big organic base of traffic and so like that was when we went you know we tipped up from there pretty significantly and then we all basically because jordan's girlfriend lived here at the time uh he found this really cool spot on holly street on the east side down the street uh, we all lived together um from there and then like again like just like three dudes doing eight jobs and working like 80 hours a week like we just made a bunch of strides man like that
1: was the early days that is cool and i'll tell you what man there's because we felt a little bit of that magic early on here at triple whale that it doesn't stay and not in a good or a bad way but there's just that such a unique moment when there's three to five people in a room to your point of like we gotta hunt and kill to eat and this, like no, this, it's the singularity of, the of singular. purpose, Oh, dude, it's, you so, know, and it, it, I, I just remember looking around or it'd be like me, Lex, Kevin, Colin, Tommy, and like, this is cool, man. Like, it's not going to stay like this. Like, we we're like a buck 50, 170 employees now across Whoa. four cities. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy now. We're like a, a, a small, big company, but that singularity of purpose is something that is, it, it. it it's almost like scuba diving. It's indescribable. Yeah. It's such a cool feeling. But
0: there's a, there's a saying: it's like the absence of alternatives is freeing, or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's something, something there. I forget the quote, but
1: yeah. Um, okay, and so now we'll fast forward to you guys have your own. Right? Yeah. I mean, like you're 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 not small anymore, candidly. I mean, you're yes. you're still scrappy. Don't get me wrong, but like you have your facilities. You have So like, where are we at now? We're uh, fifty plus employees. You know, one of the kind of,
0: uh, one of the threads kind of behind the scenes was us in housing operations.
1: Love that. And so like there was kind of different kind of back to of your that. roots. Yeah. Well, you started with your warehousing optimization, which,
0: which is what's yeah. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about it is like, again, like I never set out to, to be like, oh, I want to do, I want to have every, I want to run everything in out, like buying the coffee, all this stuff, like. But just, you know, over time, it just made intuitive sense. It's like, oh, okay, we'll save $2 a bag if we do it ourselves. We have more control over what we source. We know more about the stories. We can throw more things in the box. Like, yes. all, all these all these things kind of, as much of, like, a pain as it is to do, I mean, trust me, like, and you see all this gray hair. Like, um, most of these are ops-related. Like, it's not fun necessarily, but it what it allows you to do
1: as a business, like, it's amazing. I do... I- like, if you can get to that place, everybody that has gotten to that place is super happy. It's just crossing you, the, crossing the yeah. chasm can be very Dude, challenging. The, the going two, from, like, a 3PL to, like, yeah. oh, we're going to run everything in the house. The two biggest chasms
0: over time as you grow to cross are operations and org structure as you grow. Like, when you're small, man, like, less than eight people, one manager, they like, what's that? It's, like, the likelihood of a telephone game going wrong is so much less. Who reports to who is so much easier? Like, there's just like really ugly phases of growth where you're in between phases, and like, and this book says so the other book that I was that I mentioned, Scaling Up. Um, Vern Harnish is the guy's there name. I, I was like, I'm gonna get his name. The job uh, is kicking in. It's great, man. It, it breaks like scaling a, a company into four buckets. It's like people, strategy, execution, and cash. The execution one was really good in terms of like when to meet how often to meet like how often you do goal setting uh when you're younger you want to pull you want to pulse faster because strategy can change but as you get bigger you would expect like you know like maybe once a quarter now for goal setting instead of once a month or once a week you know like not once a week
1: no i'm with you on that because i almost think of uh a business as like a a human right and you're changing so much in those early stages that you might not be the same company you were six months ago so there's this long-term planning doesn't really land it's like baby clothes like you're gonna grow yeah. out of these in six months so like let's keep it tight and then eventually I think getting that quarterly cadence is ideal where it's like because three months is long enough for things to materialize, but not long enough to scuttle the company. Like, yeah, it's this nice enough stuff. time for new ideas to kind of Bingo, come in and be like, You can validate yeah. or like invalidate this thesis works. This one is bad. Let's kill it. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that. I n- I need to read these two books. It's, the scaling up is like you know because they don't teach and, and this it's is not, not on the brochure, bro. like yeah, those, yeah. those ugly the moments no. are real. Well, p-
0: entrepreneurship just in general, like there's not very much formal education around it right there i mean maybe it's i'm sure it's better now than it has been same with a lot of things but um it is as close to a textbook for how to like be at the helm of a growing i don't want to say rapidly growing just growing company and i think what it does is it normal it in part through one of the lessons in the book which is like yeah you're going to go through these they call them valleys of death where like there are awkward phases for your business where like there really is no good you just have to do the best there are you there is no perfect org structure for your size at a given phase. Like when you're at, let's say, 12 people, okay, well, one person might report to two different people. You know, it, it gets, it's really ugly. And even just reading that, like, man, like one of the most important things as a founder for me is just like fellowship with other founders because it's isolating, man. Like, and, and you're going to go through stuff uh, that everyone else, a lot of other founders will, but you won't necessarily, you know, getting getting advice from other people who've gone through that same thing, what they did, which first normalizes that the same problems you have are, are common. And second, like gives you helpful like playbooks, either like don't do this because I did this and it was terrible or here's what I did and It worked out pretty well.
1: Uh, man, I couldn't agree with you more. There's uh, if you can get into group text with a bunch of founders, it's, it really is the, the best thing where you can just toss in an idea and be like, Hey guys, what do you think about this? And you get all these different perspectives and, um, yeah well,
0: and the, and the misses are just as important as the wins like I want to hear like where someone stepped on a
1: pothole I think they're more What's the, I think they're more important honestly like I think yeah, the vulnerability there's a saying
0: your... it's like it's not a Russian saying oh man but it's still good it's still we already good hit one. a Russian quota <laughs> yeah we've hit the Russian quota uh, it's uh it's a thorn of a thorn of experience is worth the wilderness of warning mm. wow so like when you and the, the, the that's a Jordan is I gotta give in. Jordan credit for that one he's he didn't I don't think he came up with it but he's the one who planted that seed uh the, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you may hear, oh, don't do this, don't do this, it's not good to do this, but then, like, God, if you, once it happens, and you've seen, you're like, God, I
1: should just listened to conventional stuff. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more, just because, like, from my experience on the B2B SaaS, like, there's a reason why a lot of B2B SaaS companies look exactly the same, they're homogeneous. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's yeah. kind of this regression to the mean with everything, and, like, uh, You definitely want to stand out and stick out, but like there's that kind of Lindy principle of like if something's been around for a real long time, it's probably because everybody's been through this idea maze. Yeah. And they end up at the same spot. And if you can just be like, oh, instead, I can just shortcut it versus like having to stand on the shoulder of
0: giants and find your battles to innovate.
1: That's a really good, that's a perfect way to put it. Um, Dude, this has been amazing. You ready for some rapid fire? And we'll wrap up? Okay. Um, How do you take your coffee? Oh, black all the way. No, 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 like make it. Is it drip? Is it pour over? Is it... How do I make it? Yeah,
0: I've got a V60 at home, which is like a kind of pour over. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do
1: you travel with that or no? uh,
0: No, not usually. I mean, part of what's fun about traveling is like seeking out, just like you and your shoes. Like I want to seek out different coffee shops. You want to put the egg in the cake? I want to put the egg in the cake. I want to find... I like to see like the best shops in different places I go to.
1: There's an adventure like like experience to it, right? Where it's like the tour guide can be really fun for certain things, but sometimes you just want to get the machete, go go I wanna find go. it. Yeah. I want to see it. I love it. Um, favorite coffee shop in Austin?
0: Uh, probably Fleet. Yeah, either Fleet or Proud Mary. Proud Mary's pretty good. They've got a deluxe pour over menu that it's like,
1: it's you know you're gonna pay like fifteen bucks a cup, but it's it's really yeah, fun yeah. yeah yeah it is what it is um favorite place travel to and why
0: man I, i'll start by saying i haven't traveled enough to give a you got the european give, trip with wifey give, coming up though yeah yeah um favorite place i went to uh i went to guatemala on an origin trip i went
1: to uh, but got married in antigua Oh, it's beautiful. beautiful. That's a beautiful place. To get that, that's, they got the church. Yeah, they broke my. Uh, that's where kind of like my coffee mind blew up there too. Where it was nice. just like stunning oh, yeah. coffee everywhere. And it's like a dollar. Have... It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's a lake out there called Lake Atitlán, and it's, it's it's amazing. It's insane, man. It's like they they dub it like the most beautiful place in the world. Like, yeah.
1: You know, I should have went to that. Uh, it. It's super cool. So yeah. that, that was probably my favorite it's a, recent trip. No, that's a great pick. Um, favorite newsletter or podcast.
0: Um, man, I you know I don't do too many. I used to be a lot more in on the uh, on the ecom podcast and stuff. The, the things I've been oh, it can be any any podcast. Yeah, it have I, to be I do a lot specific. of like politics related stuff. There's um, the one called Hacks on Tap that I like. It's like really uh, it's these two guys who used to do like different political campaigns, and they're like analyzing current events and oh, and like uh, like through their frame of experience. It's David Axelrod and Mike Murphy and. Uh, it's cool. It's it's good. I got into it like, you know, a couple election cycles ago,
1: and I just put it on and listen to it. So, I love that. Um, what region of the world is your favorite coffee from? I know you. I know you love all your children. Yeah, but if I, you have I, to save one, where I, I where I think are you go? The, que- the way I've heard it framed
0: to me, the best version of this question is like, if you could only get coffee from one country. Oh, that's good. And and the reason that's a different answer is because Ethiopia is the birthplace of coffee, and. You know, like how like the Galapagos Islands have like all these different because it's like there's like a million different variations of like everything, like birds and all these different things. Shut out. Same thing's true. So, yeah. same thing is true with coffee. Like all the varietals in coffee are there, and right. so like, um, and so like in in terms of the variety of taste you can get from just one place, it's it's Ethiopia, and the
1: quality is just amazing. I love that. So it's almost like if you're thinking about music, like there's not only playability, but it's also like the hit songs on there are still hitters. Okay, I like that. The Ethiopian. Um, okay, we'll wrap up with two questions. First one, what's the nicest thing someone's ever done for you?
0: Oh, man. Uh, that's a heavy hitter. Everything else has been easy. Um, when I graduated high school, my dad's dad died when he was really young. Uh, and uh so it's really interesting to kind of like think about my upbringing uh, because he, he, you know, was kind of like a first time father, didn't have a lot of, I was the first born anyway. Um, but one of the things he did for me was he got all of the, all of the kind of adult, uh, people that I looked up to as a senior in high school. And he got them all around one table to kind of like talk about like, Hey man, you're going to do great things, all these different things. That's beautiful, man. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was like, cool exercise. It was great. And it was, it was really kind of uplifting and, and, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Tough, tough to top
1: that. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Shout out. Shout out pop up, Mike. Uh last question, you can have dinner with three people dead or alive, fictional or non-fictional. You're sitting at a four-person table. You're sitting at the head. You get three invites. Who's getting the invite? Three
0: people in all of history?
1: Oh, uh, fictional and non-fictional as well. So dead uh, or alive, you can man, do you can do fake characters, it's like do... asking people what their favorite song is. Yeah, you, I It's constraints. There's constraints though.
0: Uh, I'll keep it. I'm going to, I'm going to put a limiters on the question. I'll keep it to the entrepreneur world. Oh, wow. Just
1: for me. Okay. Just for this.
0: Um, I really want to meet Mark Lore. Yep. He's, uh, I mean, you think about the diapers.com story and like being a lost leader
1: online. Jet.com. Oh, oh my yeah. His this guy his just per- Now he's building cities. Oh my gosh. This guy's prince money. The, it, and arguably jet.com was a great acquisition for Walmart. Kind of, you know. Leveled the walmart.com to amazon.com. He made a grip on diapers. Incredible human. I mean, this one's going to be like pretty basic, but I'd, I'd love to pick
0: Elon Musk's brain. Yeah. I might just take more conversational time with those two instead of picking wow, a Wow, I've
1: never have anybody cut I don't, out the I mean, third I'm just seat. like,
0: I'm just thinking like if I had to spread the combo around three, yeah. then I don't know. I mean, no if,
1: philosophical bent, no mathematics. I no told you, I'm ec- just doing, economist. Okay, maybe Richard Feynman have to be but what a fun what a wild dude have yeah. you read his bio uh what, he has, is that he has the a nice, memoir what is the with? nicest guy in the or um hello my name or something my name Richard Feynman I, I can't remember nice but, to meet you mr Feynman yes or something yeah, yes I haven't read it but it's wild my brother's a big uh Richard it's Feynman a wild fan. what he, brilliant dude. yeah he used to uh yeah, you know, one of the crazy stories in there was he. Oh, used, Tim Ferriss, duh. He'd be on. another one. Okay, yeah. come on. He's here in Austin. So, yeah, no. So he, 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 he you bring I'd him. Boot, fin- I'd, he, I'd
0: he, probably boot Feynman just no, because to, he,
1: to keep, to keep no it entrepreneur
0: based, and he's such an inspo for me, man. Like, Unbelievable. I wouldn't I, be.
1: I probably wouldn't have done the, the peanut galleries over here in in. in I know in you're arms. like not
0: gonna. It could be anybody, Feynman, Mike. I'm not judging. They're like, judging what.
1: Um, but there is, uh, yeah, Richard Feynman's bio is fantastic. It's, uh, really interesting. And he has the Feynman technique of basically if you can't teach somebody to t- something to a five you or don't 10 don't year old, you it, don't man. understand it. And I yeah. think he, he was just a brilliant dude, man. He Los Alamos, he did a bunch of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an art to simplifying things down to the
1: th- distilling them down to the. It's the Einstein, right? I like think. make it as simple as possible, but no, no simpler. Yeah. Or well, either. that
0: goes back to the compression. Yep. Yeah.
1: Or the, uh, Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. It's yeah. a, a Da Vinci. Dude, this has been one of my favorite podcasts ever. Oh, thanks, I'm so man. I didn't know so much we about talked your journey. About breakfast Club, and I know we covered a lot. What a crazy journey you've been on! Yeah, I'm so I just proud of you. Made man. up this a whole, is whole fake past, cool.
0: past in the past to you, so that this would be all new for you. <laughs> you know,
1: it, it landed. It worked. I didn't <laughs> the, grow up in the Philippines. The ruse. <laughs> the ruse. <laughs> he
0: he brought me on to tell this crazy, awesome story, and it was,
1: it was just a, a different one than you expected. Breakfast Club in Boston, unbelievable. Yeah. Um. How can people find you? How can they get more involved with the Atlas Coffee Club? Plug it wherever you want this time. It's uh, just atlascoffeeclub.com. Amazing. Um, Yeah,
0: it is is really, really good coffee. I know I'm biased, but um, it it is really
1: good, and it's fun. I love it. Especially if you're just getting into coffee to to learn. I love it. Easy peasy. Just go on the site, throw your stuff in, subscribe, and off you go. Amazing. Go subscribe. Go get you some amazing coffee. You're kind of low-key on the Twitters, right? You're, you're yeah. a little bit uh, killers moving brand silence. brand stuff
0: for me has never really been the itch I wanted to scratch. This is the first podcast I've ever done. Really?
1: Yeah. Look at that. It's yeah, You're kind of pulling it out for me. Well, it was a fantastic one. You are an absolute natural. Uh, go check out Michael, all of his awesome stuff, atlascoffeeclub.com. We are triplewell.com if you want to get the best in the business and make more monies on your Shopify store. We also have a fantastic newsletter that goes out every Tuesday, Thursday called whale mail. Go check that out. And then we have a sister show called ad spend where we get really deep in the weeds on tactics with, uh, Ashvin, Walwani, the CMO over Avi co-host that. And then this will be coming out later. So you guys don't need to worry about blue whale group and, or Chicago road show, but we appreciate you guys being listeners. If you do want to watch this and see, Michael's beautiful face and hair versus listen to his wonderful voice. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash All the podcasts are up there. And uh dude, this is wonderful. Yeah, Thank man. you so much for taking the time and coming thanks in. Thanks for having me. All right. All right, folks. That's another one in the books. Uh please leave a review and subscribe if you love us. It helps out and saves a unicorn every review. So thanks guys. We'll see you on the flip. Bye-bye.